0: Welcome to Pathway to Faith podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. So today, I want to talk about something for those who have an ear to hear. I believe it's going to bless your life. Now, I know you need to hear this word because I needed to hear it. And you should have seen me when I was shouting just me and Jesus. Because in these conditions or climates that we've been in as of late, it has has, um, subtly sort of put us in a position of a mindset of cutting back. It's a popular word now about downsizing. Can't find that in scripture. Uh, This is how I got arrested. I was driving down the road. God. And I said, gas is too high. And I said, this truck Most of the time I drive my my truck, so you all won't know I'm coming down the road. And I said, this truck is, I may not get far today, but hopefully whatever I say, you'll get something. And I said, I said, this thing is costing too much gas to drive and my wife heard me. And then I said, I think I'm going to call, uh, in my mind, I said, I think I'm going to call Minister Stone and uh, have him get me a, a small car, you know, something real small, soul, <laughs> you, know, you know, fit, you know, something, you know, something I could put 20 $30 for gas in it and drive it for two weeks. And the Spirit of the Lord breathed on me. then in my study, my devotional word of the Lord came to me. And then I had to make a decision to remove from my mind. And I'm going to ask you to do the same. Never say again, you can't afford it. Don't, don't, don't ever say, don't ever say you can't afford it. You see, I come to the realization that gas wasn't too high it was just affecting my bottom line and I start focusing on my bottom line instead of focusing on the one who gave me everything I had and when I got my mind and my eyes back on Jesus I mean I start seeing surplus I start seeing abundance and then I said God what are you saying to me he said He said, minister to the people so that they will again acknowledge that I am a supernatural God. And that I have made available for them a supernatural way to live. God has provided for you a supernatural way to live. I almost want you to stop writing and just listen to me and receive an impartation. Because lack is in your mind. And poverty is a disease. And you can pass it on. People can get around you and catch it. Children catch it from their parents. Then they grow up and their children catch it from them. Are you all listening to me? Poverty is a disease. God never intended for his children to live in poverty. Or he never would have made all of these things available. Come on, stay with me now. And so I realized that I had to, I had to first grab a hold of my mind because it had began to think wrong because it was focusing wrong. And I had to gather myself again with the promises of God that never changes. And the same God who provided for you yesterday, no matter how bad today gets, he's still able to provide for you. But he's only able to provide for you to the degree that you believe in. And this world system is trying to program your mind to doubt him. And embrace the lie that there is a shortage. Every shortage, say every, every shortage that man talks about is man-made. There's enough food on the planet to feed everybody. What causes these man-made shortages is greed. So little children are dying of starvation because there are other people on the planet who are greedy and who are controlling the outflow of the crops so that the prices will be at a certain, uh, a certain level so that they can continue to line their pockets with money. But in the midst of their evil schemes, God has promised you come on touch three people and tell them God has promised you come on, touch three people and tell them God has promised you he's promised you and here's the problem you have forgotten that God has made you a promise. And that promise is, no matter what comes or what goes, God promised to be your Jehovah Jireh. He promised to be your healer, your deliverer, your waymaker. And he said, all things are possible. If you'll just simply believe. If you'll just simply believe. He didn't ask what side of the tracks you were born on. He didn't ask who your mom and your daddy was. He didn't ask the color of your skin or the texture of your hair. He just said, if you believe me, good God of mercy. And everything is designed to stop you from believing. He said, if you'll believe me, all things are possible to them that believe. So today I want to minister on the supernatural way to live. And I want to, I want to, I want to redirect Harvest Church again to a mindset of supernatural living. Supernatural living. I want you to take the limits off of God. Are you listening to me? And the things that God used to do is going to manifest again where God is just going to open up doors of opportunity for us to purchase things at $1.99. While other folks are selling, we're buying. While other folks are struggling, we're operating in the abundance of God because we're believing God for a supernatural outflow of his goodness over our families and over our lives because that's who he is. Now, everybody won't go, but some are going to go everybody's not going to go, but some are going to go. Everybody's not going to go, but some are going to go. Everybody's not going to go, but some are going to go. We're going to another level. Everybody's not going to go because they're going to let their mind get in the way. They're going to let tradition get in the way. They're going to let doubt and unbelief and fear get in the way. But some of us are going to go. In spite of what it looks like, I believe God. And if God's going to bless anybody today, it's going to be me. And if God's going to bless any role in the church today, it's going to be my role. And if God's going to bless anybody on the E church, amen, it's going to be your house. Glory to God. Now, I want you to look at something here in first Corinthians chapter 13. First Corinthians, I'm sorry. First Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians. Anybody ready to go to another level? I said, anybody ready to go to another level? Look up here for just a moment. I told you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Just before you read it, I want you to understand that going to another level, walking in the blessings of God will attract persecution. And if you can't deal with persecution you will cancel your blessing. You better hear what I'm saying. Everybody can't stand to see you blessed. Mm -hmm. And if you're not careful, if you don't really embrace the blessings of God on your life and the persecution that comes with it, when you get around people, you will cancel your increase. Uh, you, you know, man, hey, 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 girl, uh, man, that's a nice suit you got on. Sister, boy, that's a beautiful dress. you. Man, that's a nice, that's a beautiful. home. Oh, this old thing. You didn't know you canceled. So somebody is celebrating the goodness of God on your life. And you want to talk about this whole, boy, that's a beautiful car. This old thing. They didn't ask you what year it was. But, but you're struggling with your blessing so you feel you have to let them know what year it is. So that when you drive off, they won't think it's a new car. Because on the inside, you're struggling with God's goodness. Or their struggling with you is causing you to struggle. And so without knowing, you cancel. What God wants to do next in your life. Because if you can't wear what you already have. Then you will hide in the closet. What God will give you next. Preach boy preach. And God never gives you a blessing. To put in the closet. God never gives you a blessing. To hide it. Ooh, Jesus. Because if you're going to hide it, you don't need it. Good God of mercy. Are you in 1 Corinthians chapter 10? Look at verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with the temptation will always make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So until you are able to handle persecution, you limit, you are limited to what God can do for you. Good God of mercy. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, can you stand to be blessed? Put up up nugget number one. I forgot I was the nugget man. I got lost. Nugget number one, please. Nugget number one. Ready? Read. Persecution comes with the blessed life. Persecution comes with the blessed life. The higher you go, the less people you see. Lord, 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 say the higher you go, the less people you see. If, if you're hearing all that noise, you're too low. If you're hearing everybody's business, you're too low. If you know what's going on with everybody, you're the newspaper, your life is too low. The higher you go, the less people you see. Jesus, the higher you go, the less people you see. Mm-hmm. Yeah you see it's crowded on the interstate but it's not crowded in space Jesus I said it's crowded on the interstate but it's not crowded in space The higher you go the less people you see So if you're hearing all this noise you're living too low Good God of mercy. Is this blessed? Nugget number two. Come on, say it out loud. And some of you haven't moved God in a long time. And because you haven't moved God, you're not moving. Jesus. Mm -hmm. You've been stuck in a rut for the last two or three years. Just barely making it. You ought to be thriving, but you're just barely making it. Because whatever you're doing money-wise, it's not moving God. And because it's not moving God, it's not moving you. And so your life seems like that it's just going around in a circle. Because your money moves God. It's all through Scripture. And don't get upset with me mentioning about money. The Bible, the only subject in the Bible that, that, that God talks more about than money is the kingdom. And without money, the kingdom can't flourish. Can somebody say amen? Nugget number three. Nugget number three, please. Ready? Read. You, you really need to understand. You, you have to understand this to be able to understand the significance of the tithe. Ready? Read. Every revelation received in the New Testament where it was based upon the Old Testament teaching. Every New Testament revelation that Apostle Paul, who perhaps received more revelation than any other man for the new covenant, but every revelation he received was based on the old covenant. And when Jesus came, he he did not come to cancel the old covenant. He came to fulfill it. He said, I am what the old prophets prophesied. I have come in the volume of the book. That what Isaiah talked about, what Jeremiah talked about, What Elijah talked about. What Nahum talked about. What Habakkuk talked about. What Ruth was inferring. I am. What Moses experienced on the top of the mountain. The law was pointing to me. And I don't cancel the law. I don't. Cancel the Ten Commandments. I give you another commandment that is greater than all the commandments. And that is that you love one another as I have loved you. Nugget number four. Nugget number four. Nugget number four Ready read So if tithing went out with the law If tithing went out went out with the old covenant, then Jesus had the tithe because when Jesus walked the earth, he honored the old covenant, and the new covenant didn't come in until the day of Pentecost. Ooh, can I get ahead of myself? Jesus had the tithe because he read the scrolls or the Pentateuch in the temple. And you couldn't read or do anything in the temple if you didn't tithe. Well, you're going to make me break it down. You couldn't sing on the praise team if you didn't tithe. You couldn't stand in the pulpit and preach if you didn't tithe. You really didn't even qualify to worship if you didn't tithe. Because when you didn't tithe, it was a sign to you that you were not truly trusting God as your source. Nugget number what? Number five. Boy, these nuggets are blessing us. Ready? Read. Jesus was a tither. I don't know about you, but I want to do what Jesus was doing. Whatever Jesus Jesus was doing is all right with me. Nugget number six. Come on now, you all know your Bible. I said, you all know your Bible. Jesus was a taxpayer. He told one of the disciples, said, go down to the brook, go down to the river. And the what? The first fish you catch. Take money out of his mouth. I've been fishing for quite a few years. I've never found any money. He said the first fish you catch. Take the money out of the fish's mouth and look what he said. And go pay the taxes for us. And what he was saying, because you are following me, I am responsible for you. So I'll pay what I owe and I'll pay what you owe too. Are you all with me? Nugget number what? Number seven. We're almost finished. Ready? Read. You know it is because when you don't honor God with the tithe, you don't pray like you should. You don't pray with the conviction that you should have when you pray. I didn't say condemnation. I said conviction. And if you are truly a child of God, this word that I'm mentioning this morning is not putting on you condemnation. But the Holy Spirit should convict you if you're not tithing. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But if you're disobeying an ordinance, a law of God, then the Holy Ghost, his job is to convict you. Because without conviction, you won't stop doing what you're doing. If the Holy Ghost don't convict you of fornication, you'll keep fornicating. If the Holy Ghost does not convict you of lying, you'll keep lying. When you get away from the crowd and you're by yourself, you said, oh, Lord, God, I knew I should, that was wrong. That's conviction. The only reason you feel that way, the Holy Spirit is convicting you. And if you can practice sin and feel no conviction, you need to check out your salvation. Man. You're right in the middle of engaging in something that's wrong, and you start crying. And another person looking like, well, what's wrong? You're convicted. The Holy Spirit is convicting you. Why? Because without Holy Ghost conviction, you won't be inspired to change from your wrong ways. So some of you, this message this morning, you think you're getting mad. You're not getting mad. You're getting convicted. That's God telling you, Come on, son. Come on, daughter. Get right. Get in a position where I can bless you more than you've ever been blessed. Stop tying up my hands. Allow me the privilege to rebuke the devourer for your sake. Jesus. Nugget number eight, and this will be the last one. Ready? Read. Read it. Read it again. Read it again. Would you so graciously read it again, but read it slow where you can understand it. So that when you leave today, you won't leave saying, well, I don't understand. This is going to bring you understanding. Read. When you don't tithe, God, I, 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 I know we won't finish but when, you, when your eyes really open about the tithe, you will never, ever again not tithe. When you actually see what it does and what, and what happens when you do not tithe, you will never, ever engage in not tithing again for the rest of your life. Oh, Jesus. Is this is this a good teaching? Let's just do this. Suppose with me this morning that some of the things that you're facing and some of the struggles that you're dealing with and some of the situations that just seems to not work out in your life, in your family, in your house, in your finances, could it be connected to the reality that you don't tithe? Is what happening is what is happening to you right now? It's getting quiet in the church. Is it happening because you don't tithe? Car always breaking down? Furnace always going out. Air conditioner come. Do something to the air conditioning. By the time you get out of the driveway, it breaks again. Kid's always getting sick. Seems like you always got these unexpected bills you need to pay. Husband and wife can't get along. Dog barking at you. Cat meowing. Fish jumping out of the fish tank. And while we're laughing, Is there some things going on in your life that's destroying you, that's robbing you of your peace and your joy, and the only reason that it is happening is because you do not honor God? And you have embraced and and swallowed the lie that tithing is not for today? If you just be patient with me, won't get there completely today. And then some, the enemy will rob them from coming back to hear the rest of the message. Because he doesn't want you to get free on the canvas of your imagination down in your soul and settle this thing that always belongs to God. I remember one time I got ready to give somebody something and the spirit of the Lord said, don't give them anything. And I got along with God I said what I said God I said how come I, I just since you told me don't do it he said they're not a tither and the reason they're going through what they're going through and you feel the need to address it is because they don't tie and I will deal with you if you get in the way of me dealing with them did you catch that I raise all of my children To honor God with the tithe. I don't know what they're doing now. But I can sort of come to conclusion. Just based upon what's going on in their lives. Because when you honor God with the tithe. He said I'll bless you. And I'll hold back. I'll hold at bay. What the devil plans to try to destroy you. He said I'll rebuke him. Good God of mercy. I said good God of mercy. Now, Now let's go to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. I don't want to miss out on anything God has for me over 10%. It's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I didn't marry a woman and I was not going to marry a woman who had not settled that because I didn't need a fight in my house over honoring God. I, didn't wanna, I was not going to marry a woman who it was okay for our family not to tithe. And I didn't need her to start when we got married. I wanted a woman who had already proven in her life that no matter what comes or goes, I'm going to honor God, because I'm going to honor God. And if she's going to honor God, and I'm going to honor God, we have agreement. And we've honored God for almost 30 years that we've been married, never taken a dime. As a matter of fact, to the members who call themselves blessing me, if they gave me a check and it had Harvest Church name on it, I never took it for 30 some years. I don't care if it was $1,000 or $2,000 and my flesh wanted to take it. I never touched it. I turn it in to the office as an offering to the ministry. And when you display that kind of integrity, not to man, but to God, God will trust you. If you'll be faithful over the little, God said, I'll trust you with the much. And what are you missing out on? What are you missing out on the day because you don't tithe? Jesus. Can, can I go ahead? And nine times if you don't tithe, you don't pray. No, you, you, you didn't catch that. Yeah, you think you pray, but you're not praying because the kind of prayer that you say you're praying is repetition you pretty much say the same thing every time you go into prayer. That's repetition. That's not prayer. Prayer comes out of relationship. And out of that relationship, I say different things on different occasions. As a matter of fact, real prayer is not just you coming to church in the chapel. Real prayer is you can be driving down the road and the spirit of the Lord come upon you and say you need to pray and you pull over on the side of the road and you start praying, not for yourself, but for somebody. Or the Holy Ghost wakes you up three in the morning and say, pray. Or the Holy Ghost wakes you up in the morning and say, go into prayer and listen. So, listening is prayer. Just get in the presence of God and don't say anything other than, God, I'm available. I'm here. My ears are open. My heart is open to whatever you have to say. And when God gets finished speaking, prayer is over. Because if you get into vain repetition, then God says you're just like the Pharisees. You get around the crowd and say the same thing over and over to be heard. Oh, Jesus. Is this good teaching today? I said, Is this good teaching today? Are you in Matthew 17? Our time is almost gone. Look at verse 24. When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax, did you did you is that what your translation says? The temple tax. I almost wanted to throw my Bible away and get me an Orthodox Hebrew-Greek Bible. And I do I don't want to say throw it away because I do have one. But, and I say that because under your, your translations, your King James translations, your New Living, your Living Bible, I mean, if you don't have some good other translation, the lexicon, to really understand what words are saying, you can go off and be teaching false doctrine because you don't even understand. And the, the, reason, the challenge we have in America, oh, geez, I'm stepping off of some deep water now. The challenge we have in America is that we try to read this book with an Americanized mind. And this is not an American book. It is not a European book. It's a Jewish book in its original writings. Are you listening to me? Jesus was a Jew. When he comes back, he's going to be a Jew. Jesus came to this world a Jew. He walked this earth as a Jew. He died as a Jew. He rose from the dead as a Jew. He ascended to heaven as a Jew. And when he comes back for the church, he's going to show up as a Jew. That's why I don't have pictures that, that people have, have painted of who he is. Oh, Jesus. Because idols in your mind will cause, will cause chaos in your life. Are you listening to me? And that picture is not Jesus. And Jesus is not on the cross. And the reason they keep making it is because religious folks make a lot of money. But that's not Jesus. Jesus doesn't look like anything like that image they have on the cross. And in your Bible, that's not Jesus. And the picture you have on your wall in your house, that's not Jesus. And if you're not careful, you're into idol worship. And, and, and idols in your mind will cause bondage in your life. That's why I don't have any pictures in the church or the school. And it has caused so many problems in the true church today. Just the picture. Jesus looking like a European. European. has caused more mess in the church because those idle pictures has caused us to focus on his exterior and when you start worshiping something that doesn't look like you it makes you feel inferior Jesus So the challenge that we have today in the church is that what we call Christianity has been so, so diluted from Romanism, Europeanism, colonialism, westernization, and Americanization. And when you take upon that mindset, it makes it very difficult for you to understand the true meaning of the scriptures. Oh, Jesus. This is a little heavy. I'm, I'm sorry. This is for Bible college. I'm, I'm sorry. This this y'all didn't come here to you know, get any you know, stuff like this. Mm-hmm. No, you know you didn't. You didn't come to get all this. No, you didn't. But when they came to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? The temple tax. We're not talking about Caesar. We're talking about the temple tax. We're talking about the tithe in the church. Does your teacher? I'm sweating. Is it hot in here? Or is it just me? It's just me. Well, look at this. He says, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? And he said, what did he say? Come on, look at your Bible. Look at this. When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? What did they say? Come on, don't sit on me like that. The temple tax was the tithe. And what did Peter say? And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him saying, what do you think, Simon, from whom do the king of the earth take customs or taxes? From the sons or from the strangers? And Peter said to him, from strangers. Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. Look at this. He said, nevertheless, lest we offend them. Go to the sea, cast cast a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me. For me, for me, Jesus was not violating the law of Moses. So you're in bad company if you don't tithe. But you're in good company if you do tithe. And three people ought to be shouting here, at least Three. This is the supernatural way to live. And Satan does not want you to engage in it. Malachi 3. And I close. Malachi 3. Well, I want to go to Haggai, but Malachi 3. Are you there? Look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. Ready? Look at the screen. Ready? Read. Read it again. Read it again. Will a man rob God? Go ahead. Wait a minute. Malachi said, will a man rob God? Then he said, you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? And God said, come on. In tithe and offerings. Then look what he says. You are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. And I love this. and try me now in this, saith the Lord of hosts, If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Now now reading this text, you have to understand that they're talking to people who are farmers. Their, their, their mode of commerce is agriculture. And God says, and see if I will not open what? So if God, if you're a farmer and God opens up the windows of heaven, what would be a blessing if the heavens were open? Cool. You're good class. Not money. Rain. If you get enough rain, it'll produce money. And then he says, and see if I will not pour you out a blessing that you'll not have room enough to, he's not, so, so, so what is he talking about? He's talking to farmers. He is saying that your crops will be so plentiful you can't build big enough barns. You won't be able to build enough barns to, to handle all of the, of the bunker crop that I'm going to allow to flow in your life. In other words, God is saying, down the road where they don't honor me, I'll cause the rain clouds to just rain on your your farm. Now now hold on, because you know that's true. In the midst of everything's going on, some people are struggling and rain keeps falling in your life. During a pandemic, you're walking in blessings while other folks are struggling. Because the pandemic doesn't affect the covenant of God that He has with you. Folks are losing stuff and you're buying stuff. Good God of mercy. Folks are losing their job and you're getting promoted. Raining. Some folks can't make ends meet. You're getting $30,000, $40,000 bonuses and raises on your job. Raining. I will, brother. Other folks are tightening it up. And you're living in the full overflow. Because it's raining. Everybody on your road is experiencing a drought. But it's raining on your life. Raining. They're mad. On Sunday morning. Because they can't make ends meet and you're living in the overflow because it's, it's raining. You go to work unannounced, they call you into the office. You're wondering what's, you know, what, what you're done wrong. You walk in and they say, oh, you haven't done anything wrong. We've just just kind of noticed since you've been here, our company has been on the upswing since we hired you. And we're just, you know, we're just wanting to show our appreciation and they cut you a check because it's raining. They make a position for you when there wasn't a position because it's raining. Everybody else in a drought. Everybody else's crops are drying up. They planted some seed, but nothing's coming out of the ground. Good God have mercy. We can go home on this one, can't we? Now, now, I want you to see this as we close on Malachi 3. Notice when the prophet approached the people They said, where have we robbed God? God. In other words, they didn't even notice that they had drifted away from the covenant. Who, Jesus. They had become comfortable. It has now become a normal way of living for them with not tithing. They were blinded to the reality of what they were missing out on by not honoring God with the tithe. And they have come to a place where they have now conditioned themselves in living without the blessing. Oh, Jesus, Can't Look at it. Look into the text. Don't just read it, look into it. That they didn't even know that they had drifted. Some of you, you have what you have because you used to honor God. Now you're embracing a lie from the pit of hell and you're drifting. And it won't be long what you think you have. Will dry up if this word is true. That's why I shared with you a few services ago that I would have to repent if the tithing was not for today. Because everything this ministry has is because of the tithe and the offering. And look what God has done with us because of the tithe and the offering and first fruits. I would be a fool to deny that. To get here and then deny God and how he brought us here. And that's what they were doing in Malachi. They were drifting away. The children of Israel were drifting away from the blesser. And they did not even know it. Is this helping anybody at all? Because they have become so accustomed to not tithing and giving offerings that their robbing God seemed normal. Come to church. Time to honor God. They act like they do and walk out of church, and don't honor God. As though the things of God can go forth without your support, like Arrowhead Stadium could go forth without the people patronizing the football game. Hear me. If people stop going to Arrowhead, won't be long, that thing will deteriorate, and eventually they'll tear it down. Because if you don't have people in it, you don't have life in it, the walls will die. That's just like a home. If you don't have life in it, that house will start deteriorating. Because the very vibration of life in that home gives life to the house. So it's the same in the church. If the church stops tithing and honoring God with an offering, the church would close. And you can't spread your tithe anywhere you want to spread it. Well, I, I tithe, I'm going to give $5 over here, and I'm going to give $15 to this television ministry. No, the tithe belongs in your storehouse. You don't have a decision about where your tithe goes. God says where it goes. And your tithe, just like you've heard me over the years stand in the pulpit and tell first-time guests, if you're a member of a church, your tithe belongs in that church. You probably haven't heard another preacher say that, but it's the truth. Now, you can give this ministry an offering, but your tithe belong in your storehouse. That's the place where you are a partner. That's the place where you're a member. That's the place where your family and yourself is submitted to. That's your covering. That's your house. That's where your tithe belongs. So that at your house, your storehouse, the needs can be met. And without your tithe and your offering, without the temple tax, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Now, the government wouldn't be able to function without your taxes, but the government doesn't trust you. the government just automatically just assumes you're not a person of integrity. So they take it. God assumes that you are a person of integrity. So he says, bring ye, bring, not sin, Bring. Why? Because tithing is worship and fellowship. And so God is saying, I don't want you to send it because I want you and your money. That's why he says, bring it, bring it so I can see you bring it so we can have fellowship. Bring it, because I love you. Bring it. Don't send it. Don't mail it. Bring it. Now, if you can't do the above, then naturally. But if all possible, you bring it. We not only bring it, we bring it to the altar. Because when I bring it to the altar, I'm giving it to God, not to Pastor Allen Or the people who count it. Once I release it, That money's working for me. Now, they're responsible, the pastor and the people involved in the ministry, they're responsible for what happens with the money. And if they don't do right by it, God's not going to get you. You've done your part. You brought it. Now, my responsibility is to make sure we do the right thing with it so that his blessings can continually flow in this ministry. Are you all listening to me? I said I was. I need to shut it down. but oh, my time is gone. Can you just give me two minutes? Just two. Because I'm trying to I'm trying to equip you to fight against these lies that are going around now, uh, and and people are embracing it. And hear hear me. Most of the people who are embracing it weren't tithing anyway. And then some who were tithing it, who were embracing it, are stingy. So they were always looking for a way not to do it. It's the truth. Go go to Haggai. Somebody's looking. Somebody say Haggai who? Haggai. Ha- Haggai. Go to Haggai chapter one. I don't even hear pages turning. Oh, they're all using their iPhones. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm turning my pages. L- look at Haggai. Um, verse number one. Oh, this is good. And I'm I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna stop right here. Ooh, Jesus. Are you ready for this? Look at verse two for the sake of time. Haggai. Uh, page 829, if you got a Bible like mine. Go to the table of content right after Zephaniah, and that didn't help a whole lot of people. <laughs> but look at Haggai. If you're not there, act like it now. That's what I used to do. Whenever I heard the page to stop, I would just stop. Because <laughs> I didn't want everybody looking at me. So are you in Haggai? Chapter number one? Okay, let me just... Pause for two seconds. Amen, just two seconds. Amen. i just giving people time to catch their breath because some people didn't even know Haggai was in the Bible. And it's there. They said, my goodness, who put that in there? Look at chapter number one. Look at verse two. Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, this people said, the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your uh, panel houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Haggai was saying, Is it right for you to live in beautiful homes and the house of God looks like a shack? Haggai was saying, Is it right for everything to be right in your house? and everything to be out of order in the house of God? Haggai was saying, you mean to tell me your house is more important to you than the house of God? You got your priorities wrong. Don't you know God said if he'll take care of his house? He said he'll take care of yours. Let's read on. Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, you non-tiders. Consider your ways. You have so much and bring in look. Look at this. Look look what he's saying. You have so much and bring in little. You eat but do not have enough. You drink but you're not filled with, with drink. You clothe yourself but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earn wages to put into a bag with holes. You make money but because you don't tithe, man, it's like you got holes in your pocket. You 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 brag about how much money you make, but in reality, I mean, it's not working for you. Everything is still tight. And Haggai said, "Consider your ways. Is things tight because you don't tie?" Are the kids always getting sick because you don't tithe? Is the devil devouring your house because you don't tithe? Now, some of you are looking uncomfortable. I'm just going to take the position that the Holy Spirit is convicting you. Because from this day forward, you're never going to rob God of the opportunity to bless you. Jesus. Come on now. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Raise your hand if God's been good to you. It's hard for me to see without everybody's hand, your toes ought to be wiggling. Raise your hand if God has been good to you. Put your hand down. For those who are struggling about the tithe, the tithe was instituted before the law. The Bible says that Abram paid tithe to Melchizedek. Raise your hand if God's been good to you. I'm going somewhere. I'm closing on this. Even in your home, I eat church, Raise your hand in your house if God's been good to you. Put your hands down. Why did Abram tithe to Melchizedek and the law wasn't instituted? Somebody said it over here. Say it again. There is something that God has put in all of us, Mother Turner, that when we acknowledge his goodness and that everything that I have is because of him, it is a natural expression to God to give. And the only way you cannot give is that you have to hold and close your bowels to thanksgiving. You have to say to yourself, I did this. This is my money. You have to say, I'll work for this, i I you remember those eyes, is what caused Lucifer to fall. And God didn't do this. I went to work. God didn't go on that job. I went on that job. This is not God's money. This is my money. And I can do with it what I want. God said, yeah, you can. The only way you cannot tithe, you have to say everything you have. You did it, and because I did it, I'm not going to give God a tenth of everything that I earn. And I close on this subject. God just randomly say, uh, "I think I want ten percent, twelve? No, ten will do." No, 10 to do. God didn't ask for 10% just out of the sky. Theologically, 10 represents redemption. And when I come back to you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you from the word of God. Not only did the tithing start when Abram honored the man of God, Melchizedek, But tithing happened in the garden. And it went on down even to the temple. It also happened on the day of Pentecost when the New Testament church was birthed, or when the church was birthed. Because the church was birthed on Pentecost. And we don't understand Pentecost until we understand the Jewish culture. And you can't interpret scripture with a westernized mind. You have to interpret scripture from a Jewish, a Judaism perspective. Are you listening to me? And once you finally see how important a tithing is to God, you will never not do it again. Because 10 represents what? Redemption. So God says, when you honor me with the 10, I I, I release blessing on the ninety. When you honor me with the 10%, I redeemed the 90%. It's blessed. And God is saying that you're better off operating with the 90 with my hand on you than you operating with the 100 and my hand is not on you. Ooh, Jesus. So the only way you cannot tithe I one guy says, this is just too much money. I was talking to a guy one time in a certain place, and I confronted him about a friend of mine because I had called him out in a service. I didn't know the guy or anything, called him out. I didn't know him from, never seen him. Called him out, and when he stood up, he was just a big guy. And I said, by the spirit of God, I said, you're going to come into a large sum of money. When you come into a large sum of money, I said, don't forget God. And, uh, Uh, after service some people told me who he was and I mean he came into a boatload of money and then the word got back to me that he said that that would be too much money to tie to the church and when I heard it I said oh God oh God oh God oh God why did he say that why did he say and all hell broke out on the life of that young man years passed I saw him again for the second time in my life in another state When I first walked up on him, he didn't know who I was. And then when I finally explained to him who I was, I mean, his eyes got as big as 50 cents. I mean, it's like he saw a ghost. I said, the last time I saw you, the spirit of the Lord spoke to you and you didn't obey. I said, this is your second chance to get it right. I said, when you get back home, you go see this pastor who was my friend and you apologize and you make things right with him and you make things right with God in the house of God. Turn away and left him alone. A few months passed, almost a year passed, I called my friend. I said, did this young man make things right? He said, no, I didn't really see him. The next time I saw him, the third time I saw him was at a funeral, and he looked almost like a homeless man. Because no matter how much money you think you got, when you don't honor God, you're on your way to losing it. And only a fool would say that he can't lose it. Jesus. Perhaps somebody here today don't fully understand my teaching on the supernatural way to live, in honoring God with the tithe and offering. I'll say this to you, even though you will engage in it with not full understanding, by the time I get through with this series, you're going to have full understanding and you're going to be glad that you change your mind today about not robbing God any longer. There are blessings and breakthroughs that you're going to experience. Your marriage is going to get better because the devil won't have that door open to reap havoc in your life, in your family, because you honor God. The man of God said, he said, God, with everything you bless me with, I covenant with you that I'll honor you. Do you all remember the beginning of the service and the confessions that you made? You said, God, matter of fact, let me turn to it so I don't misquote you. You said, I will honor him with all my increase. Jesus. There are no Ananias and Sapphires in here today. That's what you said. You said, God, I will what? Honor you with all of the increase that you bring into my life. Now the question becomes, is that a truth or a lie? Well, I didn't come to church today to hear about money. Yeah, you did. Because that's what you need. There's only two major problems that you have, most people. Sickness, disease, and a lack of money. And the Bible addresses it. And I just share with you how to get out of a financial fix. I just share with you how to get out of loader ball. I just share with you and how to get out of lack. It's to stop trusting yourself and start trusting God. To take what you have out of your hands and put it in his hand, not just the 10%, put it all in his hands and let him breathe on it and watch what God will do in and through your life. If you were blessed today, put your hands together and thank God for the word of God. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.